So uh, you happen to be our first person we are interviewing, which is fortunate uh, because I, I just read through some of your profile and uh, you've been awarded by uh, uh, KTR, you know, during the Telangana Day. I call it occupation hazard. Which is amazing. And it's, it's, it's also uh, as an entrepreneur and you, you've been an entrepreneur yourself and you've uh, also started like helping out a lot of incubators around. So we said, uh, who, uh, who better to start off this process with? So with that in mind, maybe we'll just go around and ask you a few questions sure some about your background uh, how you you've gone about uh, so that be a role model for a lot of budding entrepreneurs and secondly you know uh, we try and focus on what are the areas in blockchain because we've we've heard in the past uh, five six weeks that we've taken the course uh, there's a lot of diversity in blockchain mm. so within India how do you feel what's the adoption like and what path we can take when, when we get out. That's the broad area, but uh, you can always suggest and sure. go about it. I'm okay. <laughs> So maybe we'll start with uh, your role here. You're currently um, the professor for co-innovation and head research innovation outreach. Uh, and you are also president of the um, Hyderabad Software Enterprise Association. So in, in two of these areas, you know, how do you see your role and in, in terms of, you know, how, how you are making a difference in the society, that would be great. So uh, thank you. Um, so I, I don't know if I can talk about society. That seems too, uh, too big, but I can just talk about, I mean, whatever. Uh, and I'm very happy if I look at the industry, uh, I'm very happy that I got a chance to play a role uh, for a larger uh, section, not just the company I was working for, uh, for other companies, larger, I mean, the association represents all companies in the city. Uh, so I was very happy that I could play a role there for many years. And I got asked uh, into that also because I was already involved for many years in product companies. And by then I just started working with startups uh, by 2008, 2006, 7, 8. So this was 2008 that I was invited uh, into HICIA. And, uh, and I was running the technology and product forum. And I do believe that is the future for the industry because uh, I think all the cost arbitrage and any services that can be soaked up has all been soaked up and which is reflects in the growth now. The growth rate of the industry is pegged with the global growth rates. Mm -hmm. Now you are, if you have a client, uh, you only can grow as much as the client is growing. There's no more inorganic growth possible. Any inorganic growth has already been done. We can uh, move projects, move initiatives, move whatever, anything that can be done inorganically, which is like moving from somewhere to here has all been done. Mm -hmm. Now you only can grow as much as the company is growing. Uh, so there's no more inorganic, which is more organic growth. And uh, so which reflects, now we're all in low tens uh, because that's the global growth uh, of clients. So you're limited to the client's growth. So the, the next wave of growth will come from technology and innovation only. Uh, whether it is product R&D or like working with new technologies or like new concepts, new product ideas at any level. It can start at the base level can be current products, but working on newer technologies can go further to R&D, can go to new product proposals, new products, actually concepts uh, conceived and built here can go to any level in terms of the value chain, but in the least starts with new technologies. And uh, so that's that was my and that's how I was I was engaged with the product and innovation technology forum, uh, which was around startups and innovation R and D, uh, and so I was happy. I mean, like I always been a major proponent uh, of that uh, cause, saying the companies should. You cannot wait for your client or your principal, even if you're a captive. You cannot wait for somebody to come and tell you like, okay, now create a new product. It'll never happen. Right. It's always because you started for a reason, which is price mainly. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So you have a core function that this whether it's a product that you're building or a project or a service, and that's all is expected from you. You do that, your stakeholders are happy. Whether it's a client or a principal or a product owner or whoever, they're happy. Mm-hmm. If you keep happiness of your stakeholders as the goal, you're not going to progress. So that was the message to the industry always saying, look, we have to put. If we wait, if we say like, okay, my clients are happy, so that's enough, then we're not going to progress because the clients is. The expectation is only to deliver some service at a certain cost. Right. You deliver that service at that cost, they are happy because that was the expectation. But that service is not innovation. Mm-hmm. There is no innovation anywhere in that. There is no new technology anywhere in that. Right. And if you just keep them happy, we will get more of the same work. Mm-hmm. Now unless we take the first step to demonstrate that we can do more than that, right. we are not going to get the chance to push that envelope and which means forever we will be doing that work. It is a very low value work. Not that that work we shouldn't do, that still forms the base, even if we take a lot of high value work, cutting edge, front line, new product, new technology, mm-hmm. but as a pyramid that will all be at the top of the pyramid, there will still be bottom of the pyramid which is still routine work, which is okay. Right. Right. Just that today our, our we don't have a pyramid, it's a chopped off pyramid, we don't have the top at all, mm-hmm. we are only there at the bottom half or somewhere in the bottom, the top is not all there. Mm-hmm. We should start growing towards the top, even as the bottom will continue to be the staple and mainstay, but we have to start to get into value, today we are only in volume and uh, not in value. Right. We have to move up in value. So that's been my, I continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Now with a different, uh, I'm still involved in the industry a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I, I, I mean, startups excite me is for that reason only. Because startups are all thinking out of the box, pushing the envelope, right. getting out of the comfort zone, thinking of solutions, not waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. They are finding opportunities going after it. They succeed, fail is a different matter. Right. I, but I admire and adore that spirit. And uh, so I'm happy to work with the startups that way. Uh, and now we are trying to connect startups with companies because companies cannot innovate by themselves. It's a well-known fact, well-documented, well, world over. Right. So if companies work with startups, in the least there's some stimulation. Mm-hmm. But with the right mandate, they can even actually engage startups, work with startups, license, buy, invest, anything. But the starting point is you should know what startups are doing. So we are doing many things. TF is doing also by itself, but Triplet also we are doing, trying to connect startups with uh, companies. So, any specific areas that you are currently concentrating on? No, companies are getting a lot of interest in uh, AI. A little bit blockchain, not so much because uh, blockchain is not a volume thing. Mm-hmm. The nature of solution that where blockchain fits in is very small. Mm-hmm. AI is much broader. A lot of solutions AI can fit in almost anywhere. Okay. So that's why there's a lot of uh, inquiries and interest coming uh, in AI. So some we are doing from our research labs. We are taking up projects and creating new prototypes and concepts and such for the companies, along with the company. Some we are creating our own product, we have a product lab that we created last year, started early this year. So we are creating products from research work ourselves and then look at somebody to take it forward as a startup, not wait for somebody to come and ask. If you think it's very promising, we want to go create the product ourselves. That's something we've started. Uh, And of course our incubator, working with companies, uh, trying to connect startups with the companies, trying to create new technology for the companies from the research and also in an open innovation model connecting startups, research and companies. So the, all three levels we are doing. Right. Just start up with companies, research with companies and startup research and company together. Uh, so we are trying different models. See, it is not very obvious. Very few companies do it. Very few, I mean, academic institutions, all of us have aspirations to do it, but very little happens today for different reasons. Partly problem on the academic side, partly problem on the in- industry side. Mm-hmm. But again, like with anything else, if you wait for it to happen, it's going to be forever and it may never happen even. So we have to keep trying stuff. When you try, you win some, you lose some, but it's okay, but we have to try. Right. So that's the journey. My current journey is that. And for many, many years, my journey has been that. Just try out new things, push, and keep pushing the boundaries. Uh, whether it was my work uh, at my previous company, mm-hmm. uh, or me personally, or the startup ecosystem here, or uh, the whole industry ecosystem everywhere. 
we keep trying things, try out new things and uh, pushing the boundaries. Makes sense. Uh, now, we, from a, from a blockchain perspective, we've been sold on this idea of decentralization and, and trust being, you know, primary drivers for blockchain. Yes. And primary drivers by adoption, industry might adopt blockchain per se. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? See, often in my view, blockchain is made out to be this magic bullet that can solve hunger and poverty in the world. Okay. Which it doesn't. No technology can, and definitely not blockchain. Forget hunger and poverty in the world, can't solve hunger and poverty even in IT mm-hmm. technology space. Right, right. It's a, it is a technology. Like every other technology that's come along the way over the years and decades, this is yet another technology. Mm-hmm. It's been given too much credit for things it's not even meant to do. Right, right. I mean, realistically, like, I mean, the very fact that it is a distributed trust-based system, mm-hmm. it can only solve distributed trust-based problems. Right. Whether it is supply chain or like, or a, a multi-party financial environment or like, right? If it's, if for two parties to do business, blockchain is not required at all. Right. There are other ways of trust. Trust is not a new problem, right? I mean, we have a trust in security and transactions in data storage everywhere. Like there's a trust-based mechanism. Like whether it is that you trust and do it or you don't trust, you encrypt and do it, mm-hmm. right? Encryption is saying that like, I don't trust you, that's why I'm encrypting, right? Right. So that like if you modify, I will know. Trust is where like I trust you, so trust-based login where it's authenticated in one system and you trust the other system, so you just pass a token. Mm-hmm. I trust the system to have logged in. So that's like age-old technology. Like I mean, so trust in distributed systems in securing either securing access as in login and such or securing data has been there forever. Right. Now, we don't need blockchain to solve the problem in those solutions, right? There are other technologies that solve it as well and better. Mm-hmm. So blockchain is only in a federated distributed environment where the entities don't know each other, don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. That's where you need blockchain. Say, actually, it's not a trust-based system. Mm-hmm. It's a system created where there is no trust, yes. right? I mean, so since there is no trust, you have a mechanism where I don't need to trust you. I trust this mechanism. I don't trust you, but then if both of us do business, I trust this mechanism. And I know that you can't tamper, I can't tamper. I trust that system that you can't tamper, you trust the system that I can't tamper. Mm-hmm. Now, so there are, only those use cases can be solved by blockchain. If somebody says that like, I will go create vehicle registration system in blockchain, why does vehicle registration need blockchain? It's a single server solution. RTO is the only entity that needs it. Mm-hmm. Why should that be on blockchain? There are use cases where it could potentially be, but not the system they're going after. Mm-hmm. Vehicle records, why should it be on blockchain? There's no reason for it to be on blockchain. It's a central solution, whether it's dealers registering a new vehicle, manufacturer registering a new vehicle, mm-hmm. right? Or dealer getting a new vehicle for sale, the temporary registration, or a buyer that bought it, or a transfer, the buyer sells it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Everything is all, everybody has to deal with only RTO. Mm-hmm. There is no transaction between any of them. If I'm selling to you, like it's not a transaction between us. It's a transaction that both of us are party to in the RTO. Right. I tell the RTO I sold, and uh, you tell the RTO you bought. Right through the paperwork that we form, we submit. We don't have any transaction ourselves, right? In this, so where is the distributed system coming here? Why does blockchain? Why is blockchain required in uh, in a road transport solution today, as envisioned today, mm-hmm. to keep RTO records? Why is blockchain required? You say like, okay, now I want to extend, but nobody thinks of those use cases. The use cases I see everywhere that Renu talks about is like so that is you have to figure out where there's actually a federated direct transaction between parties that are not connected to each other, that don't know and trust each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a business need to transact. RTO, there's no need for us to transact. Yes, I'm selling my car to you. But today's process is both of us tell the RTO. Right? right? We don't do any paperwork ourselves. Right? I fill a form saying I've sold, you fill a form saying like I've signed and given it to you and you fill a form and tell them that 
that both of us are talking only to RTO. So unless we come across those use cases and build a system for that, and that use case is not in a single, that's a government solution. Like how can a startup go fix this? It's a government has to change the process, saying, look, now I can do it, you don't need to come to the RTO. There's a way to do it where like without even coming to the RTO, both of you can have this a whole like, so for that you should start saying, okay, we are going to use blockchain. These are the entities that are going to keep the data. Today it's only with RTO, but I'm going to create a system where the other entities can keep the data also. Mm -hmm. then, then we both can translate using technology, but that is not the use case today. Same with land records. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it is good, but not as if you replace current land records process, there is no need for blockchain in it. Now, so that is, I, I see like, I mean, the opportunity is there, but we have to find the right use cases. Sure, yeah. It's not like I can go and solve, like if I say like, okay, I have a building automation problem. Mm -hmm. I want to control AC in this building. I can't say like I use blockchain. I can technically, yes, I can use blockchain as a data structure. Right. I can store any data in blockchain, but is it required? Yeah. Now, there are people, I mean, there are all kinds of use cases are being considered for blockchain, but we should be clear that like, it's a right use case and there's a right environment. See, when there's a multi-party environment, the best one to create multi-party environments is the government. Right. Yes. And in often cases, you need a government regulation to even make it happen. Mm -hmm. I can't just go and say like, we will create an international money transfer solution all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. The government of the country, both countries and regulator of both countries are mandatorily part of it. Yeah. Right? And which means if you're going to create, we are creating a system to do international money transfer. If you don't talk to the government, we only have to work within the current government norms. And current government norms don't have a truly federated system. There are clearing houses, right? SWIFT is a clearing house and if international transfer has to go through the likes of SWIFT, because that's the, that is the trusted mechanism today. Yes. RBI recognizes only those few ways of transferring international money. Now, how do we go create a parallel blockchain based system without RBI being part of it? No, so that's why like, I mean, so there's a, there's a lot of reality, reality check needed. Mm -hmm. Uh, like uh, anything and everything cannot be addressed using blockchain. From an industry perspective, uh, what is the uh, outlook? I mean, you I don't, I mean, every, every, what, what is there out? Uh, see, it has to be a distributed setup first, right? right? Mm -hmm. And it should be a distributed setup where it cannot function in a hub and spoke model. It's not just about RTO is technically a distributed setup, right. but operationally it's not distributed. The distributed entities, but it's a hub and spoke model. Everybody right. interacts only with RTO. So it has to be a distributed setup where we don't have to interact centrally. Now, which means like, I don't think a startup can decide this or a company can decide this, right? The one building solution cannot decide this. Mm -hmm. Now, if I say like, okay, Maruti, like at one point uh, said, uh, you want to do business with us, you have, to have SAP. Mm -hmm. They adopted SAP and they said like, the only way we'll give you vendor orders is through SAP. Mm -hmm. And SAP has a module, my SAP can talk to your SAP, you implement SAP, if not, you can't do business with us. Right. Now, Maruti is a gorilla in that space, they can dictate terms. Say that if you want to dictate, you do business with me, you have to switch to SAP. They can say like, you want to do business with me, you switch to this framework that we have created a standard. It's a blockchain based standard. Like, uh, so whether you have data or don't have data, I don't care how you do it. It's a blockchain based standard. Then we can now interact. Like you, the trucking company, like us, and like all these like four or five entities can now interact through this mechanism without depending on any single server. In the earlier mechanism, they all had to talk to Maruti's SAP. Now they might say, but there has to be Maruti that that can, there has to be a gorilla that mandates this, right? So either there has to be somebody like Maruti that says, okay, we'll work on the system and they are the gorilla, they can influence the others. Or in most cases, government has to come and say, this is a law. This is a new law. You want to do inter interbank transfers, this is what we're going to use. So once we find out, let's say, a uh, true use case, which is really valuable to the uh, to the industry, how do you? What is the kind of engagement 
model that we've got to... No, this space is such, I feel everywhere I've been, I'm not a blockchain expert, right. but I've been involved with blockchain initiatives and comps. I'm, I'm hearing, seeing a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Every use case I've come across so far mm -hmm. is actually not a blockchain use case. It's, it's missing the influencer who can create that federated environment. Right, right. Exactly. So it becomes a POC. Mm -hmm. So moving past POCs depends on your work with the right companies, right solutions, right enablers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure it'll say, say everybody's last year was about experimenting with blockchain. I think that's over now, last one, one and a half years. Mm -hmm. I think next year will be about like now realistically figure out where can blockchain be used. And then get the right enablers. It's, it's a less of a technology problem. As right. complex as the technology is, that is not the problem here. The problem is the right use case and right enabling environment. That has to happen. So it means like a cognizant cannot or any company cannot go and say like, I'll build a solution for you. It should be the other way around. Somebody should say, look, I for my use case, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And and this is the ideal one. And I'll take care of the, the whole federated environment. You build a solution for me. Right. Without that, it's not a technology problem. That is the most important. Technology, as complex as it is, it's a bounded problem. The other one is a more difficult problem from a business use case side. Um, so with your um, experience with AI and the way AI got adopted, how do you see any parallels with the way we, uh, blockchain can be? No, AI yeah, also not got adopted yet in the mainstream, right? right? I mean, often a lot of data sciences, uh, data analytic solutions gets blurred saying it's AI. A mm -hmm. lot of data science can be like pure mathematical, no predictive nature or no learning nature to it. <laughs> Uh, so there's a classic data science and now the more predictive uh, ML data science. Mm -hmm. So classic data science is just mathematical, there's no predictive, no learning in nature in it. It's just simple statistical models and you heuristically apply those models. That's always been, that's been there always. That's not, uh, so those if you take those solutions out, the rest of the more, more kind of proper AI, ML based solutions, now they're beginning to come but they're still very, very experimental in nature. They haven't gone too much mainstream yet. They're still in the fringes of the business use cases, very niche use cases are being solved. And yeah. uh, But only difference between, so at that level, both are similar in terms of, they're still little <laughs> experimental in nature. Uh, if you look at what all projects actually getting funded, they're still very exploratory in nature. The difference is like AI solutions are very localized. Mm -hmm. I can decide like if I have a solution where like I need to figure out a safety threat using video cameras. Mm -hmm. It's a very localized. It's my environment. If this is the environment, these are the eight cameras. These are the patterns I want to dis detect right. completely in my control. I'm not dependent on anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right? Unlike blockchain, I can't decide, say like, okay, now uh, all these, like, uh, I don't know, anything. Uh, say, I can't decide and say, like, let's do vehicle registrations on blockchain. Mm -hmm. Right. Not, that is not, it, can't I can't, agree, right? just because I'm a user of vehicle registration, I can't select, no, I will go create my own blockchain that I will talk to the RTO, to the dealers and to the service workshops and anybody. Mm -hmm. I can't, I mean like, so there it is an environment that has to either collectively agree mm -hmm. or a gorilla should dictate. Right. Right. right? One of the two must happen. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like you take the bank chain, it's a collective thing. That wasn't all the banks. Some banks came to and said, okay, we will create the bank chain. Right? They said, okay, we will have a mechanism where like we can now share like uh, and the customer decides to share. It is like I went to this bank and the bank did my uh, KYC validation. Right. Now, uh, customer decides, okay, I want to use the same documents for another bank. Then there's a trust-based mechanism using blockchain. So, where like the other bank will never talk to you. But we have mechanism place saying that like if you went through that system and you did the KYC on me, mm -hmm. there's enough information captured there 
and and the other one can verify that you actually did. so they trust your due diligence they don't know if it's actually valid or not right true if the first bank uh, colluded and uh, did some hanky panky like they are going to be basing on some wrong decision but here they, that's why the, they're saying like i if you sign this i trust that you have done your legwork right i i trust the signature this is going to be that last mile problem yes so i'm saying i'm trusting signature right, right. so if you anyway did something wrong you are legally liable mm-hmm. within that legal liability i'm going to trust and i'm going to accept it and then like uh, now so there they now from them came to them did this the same thing rbi can come and mandate nationwide today seven banks alone are doing it there probably some i don't know how many hundred banks we have rbi can come and say like all the banks should do it now right and already they mandated kyc responsibility is the banks if anything wrong with kyc the liability is on the bank mm-hmm. so bank has to make sure the right person is given the account and uh, so that legal liability with the, on the bank is already there that they mandated some years back now uh, they can mandate and say like okay now, we, now we'll extend that legal liability you have the legal liability but now based on the liability we'll trust you you validate uh, customer once anybody can treat that as pre validated now so those are the things that have to happen so which is a fundamental difference in ai ai depends just on the company that has a problem can solve it blockchain one company cannot solve it it needs an so environment in terms of influences you were talking about government being the primary party right so what steps can you as like a, a startup take uh, in order to influence governance or regulations to to drive this nothing is it i don't think startup can even fight that battle startup shouldn't even go there okay. startups should go after solutions like startups can go after solutions that where there is a gorilla that can influence mm-hmm. yeah. that's a solution for startups Right, you can all you. In terms of regulations, what what are the gorillas that? I don't think startups should even worry about regulation. It's not a startup thing. I mean, how do you go influence government? You can be part of some think tanks and such. Maybe if you're lucky, right, right. often you won't even get that chance. Mm-hmm. And even in a think tank, like how much voice would you have? The larger players and uh, larger NGOs and larger existing regulators such will have a bigger voice. So I don't think startups should have that as a strategy. Mm-hmm. the very opportunity if at all it happens you get lucky and it happens well and good but that's not the strategy there are influence regulators and once they get the regulator to change the regulations i will have business mm. it's a very very risky thing for a startup to do because the odds of that are very low so startup should look at like blockchain based solutions which can be they should be very clear who they can sell it i mean every time somebody comes i'm using blockchain mm. i only ask why mm. and 70 80% of the startups that i meet that are using blockchain they don't even need to use blockchain the normal database is enough for them cuz it's, it's all going to be done by one uh, so the moment you have blockchain then you should see like okay, how do you influence very very like okay these are all the players that need to collaborate now how do you influence them to accept this yes. so so often it happens in solutions where like at least a few that i have seen blockchain almost is incidental right. they are offering a new service that's not available today and that service being offered on blockchain so the customer buying is is not buying because of blockchain they are taking the service because the service is something that they want and nobody is offering mm-hmm. and that service happens to be in a federated blockchain is incidental but which is okay so there's one way for startups to go where it is the focus on a service and not a blockchain and the service is new and so they will come so blockchain is only an enabler you have to figure out like there is a gap that is there and you can't say look we the existing solutions don't use blockchain mine uses blockchain so come and use mine why do they care it's at the end of the day like what functionality that they need is being met or not so which is like any other startup like technology is incidental technology enabler for a value you want to create for your customers the value for the customers is the priority once you create the value whether you use blockchain or not is almost irrelevant at some level in some cases yes maybe blockchain is the best way of doing it 
but to the customer that is not the reason they will adopt that may be at most and oh by the way okay they're also on blockchain okay which is not a bad thing but they're not going to adopt because you're on blockchain they're going to adopt because you're generating value that is not otherwise available for them and a value that they need you solve that problem they will go with you blockchain is incidental there makes sense yeah so Anybody adopting it uh, should have that reality check and, and then... They have to. I mean, yeah. like any startup, just, you, I, I've seen some that yeah. just uh, just trying to ride the wave right. and say like, okay, some have actually said, but nobody else is doing it on blockchain. How does it matter? <laughs> right? Unless there's a need for blockchain capabilities, that solution needs blockchain capabilities, then it's not about blockchain. It's about saying like nobody else is doing it federated and that's what they need. And that's what we are solving. Then yes, that is instant. It's not about blockchain. It's about a value, like an utility you're creating, which doesn't exist today. And a utility that the customers need. And that utility can be delivered easily by blockchain is incidental. To the customers, it's very, very incidental. The other values and that focus is missing in many uh, startups. And they'll get it. See, the moment they go start talking to customers, the market will tell them. And then they have to accordingly pivot. Makes sense. Sir, so, so recently, SPJ announced we are giving blockchain based certification do you think any scope in education sector usage of blockchain like certifications no so there were startups that have done that already the startup right here in CIE the, and that's someone I know of I'm sure there are many other startups in different places that are doing it already mm-hmm. now when I proposed it uh, to our registrar this was almost a year back mm-hmm. he said MHRD has already created a system mm-hmm. and uh, and MHRD as a without using blockchain they could use blockchain, but I don't think they use blockchain because this was done like uh, some years back. So unlikely they have considered blockchain at that time. They've already created a system. So now what do you need? If you talk about education in certificate verification, all I want is, I want a digital certificate that is credible, verifiable. Right? right? Like So if as somebody viewing somebody else's certificate, I want a certificate that I know is verifiable. That somebody tells me, yes, this person with so-and-so name that looks like so-and-so, did actually clear this course with so-and-so whatever uh, performance. I want somebody, because today these papers, we are not trusting those papers. Because anybody can go create a duplicate certificate. Right. Now I want, that's what I want as somebody looking at the certificate. If I'm the one that is sharing my certificate, I want some confidentiality. I want a simple mechanism where I can share it with a company or with a university or anybody that I want to share it with. I choose who to share it with. Anybody cannot go and see my marks. Once I say who I share with, it's shared in a way that they trust what I'm sharing. Those only two requirements. Why do you need blockchain for this? MHRD has already created the solution. Right? MHRD has said there's a solution where I have a login as a company. I also as a student or as, as, a, as a person with uh, marks or whatever that I want to share, I have a login. There's a student login or whatever, candidate login. There's a company login. There's a university login. Whoever needs to look at the certificate, all of them have a type of user and the login exists. So it starts with like university uploading, right? Saying that, okay, this batch, these are the 250 graduates. These are their total marks. Like the university has a login, which is digitally signed and everything. So university uploads first. That's the credible, it's gone to the repository. Now, when the university uploads, I get a reference saying like, I'm one of the 250, here's your reference. Mm-hmm. You have to go sign up if you want to digitally share. I go sign up. Now, when I sign up and when I share, I am sharing the marks that the university has uploaded for me. I can't decide what marks to put there. I only can refer, the university has given me access and there's a credible way, handshake, where like I get linked to the university as me and ask me, I have my marks there. Now, to share it with somebody else, I just have a mechanism to share, I send a link to them. 
now they also have to have a login in the system now they can when they log in they only can see mine through my link when they open i will know that they open if it's forward they if i'm allowing forwarding when they forward i will know they forwarded and somebody else opens i will know anybody opens cuz the credible way to see is you have to come to the portal to that's only credible i can't just take a screenshot give to somebody else that is not credible that's just information which is true or false the credible way is that i have to come to the mhrd portal log in and then see then i trust what mhrd is showing me to do that this safeguards are built in this is all a single server based solution no this conceivably could have been blockchain based solution right that my transcript is floating on the internet and like and for you to see it like you have to get access to it and then you have to get it from one of the servers where it is kept and when you moment you get it i will know that i shared it with you the moment you open it i will know because it gets recorded there i can any time open my certificate blockchain and see who all have seen it who all have shared it who all have opened it it could have been done through blockchain but it need not in this case because this mhrd is the one controlling there's a single gorilla the mhrd can decide any way to do this how can a startup do this solution you cannot a startup cannot do this solution unless somebody like mhrd is involved if mhrd is not involved you are the first one to do it then what's your value proposition the value proposition to unosis is not that you are a blockchain based solution value proposition proposition to unosis is that like you have created a credible solution where no unosis doesn't have to even give certificates right so university whether mhrd solution without a blockchain or a startup solution with blockchain it's the university that decides right mhrd cannot decide mhrd only can make the platform available now they requesting universities to do it they want it mandated they might sometime mandate right now they only requesting they mandated the uh, iits to do it initially they mandating some of the central mhrd funded institutes where they have control the iits nits and like iims and where they have control they are already almost in the process of they haven't mandated yet but they getting there now at some point they'll say like by this year you have to put everything up there right now they requested them to do it but they're soon going to mandate beyond that they can pass a geo and make everybody do it also but right now to mandate mhrd institute to do it they don't even need a geo but they can just tell them look they they clap up now if they didn't do it then you can go sell to individual universities and say look the what you're selling them is not a blockchain based solution you're telling them, look i have a solution for your online certificates and these are the capabilities right so that's what uh, one second she's been calling yeah could it quick so i think i think we've got our inputs any like uh, last comments in, in terms of where we should no i will only say like let it be see it's a new technology mm-hmm. it has its opportunities Right. but let's be realistic about the opportunities mm-hmm. and like uh, so and then not think that like it's a magic bullet like i just go do a kind of a course or a I'm program sure a lot of due diligence has to be done in terms of business models what your as a value, startup yes value chain is and where you're going to make a difference and if blockchain itself is 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 the core enabler uh, yes i'm, I'm sure the program since there is a lot of emphasis on the use case and such i'm sure right. by the time the program is over there'll be a good understanding of where it's usable mm-hmm. like realistically and all right. that right. and that should factor in like whether even if somebody is working in a company mm-hmm. i mean this this take the conversations back to the company saying like okay for this client can we consider like right. this a use case mm-hmm. so but be realistic right and not just propose blockchain for the sake of blockchain let it be like where blockchain can bring unique value to that solution uh, to the problem use cases that we have seen is intra organizational context that we're talking about within the organization i think like you said a lot of these systems are it's not required right within the organization you don't need blockchain exactly so intra with uh, inter organization is where yeah. you need and so which means like when you propose also even if you're proposing within not as a startup mm-hmm. even within the company proposing one two ways it can happen one the company has already decided right 
you know blockchain they put you on the project mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter you don't have to know anything but which is unlikely mm-hmm. most companies still haven't figured out what to do so more likely like you can propose that's an opportunity mm-hmm. when you propose you'll be realistic about like okay that there's a need for blockchain don't propose blockchain because just because usable don't propose blockchain just propose in use cases where blockchain is actually a serious enabler the solution is possible more easily because of blockchain but the solution should be of value first mm-hmm. and then blockchain should be one good way of solving that solution i mean solving that uh, problem uh, so propose realistic right solutions while so proposing uh, solutions to the company that's my suggestion startup has to anyway do it a startup has more to worry about at least when you propose to the company you don't worry about the business use case as much mm-hmm. right there's a problem that you can solve and it's a good one for blockchain it's still okay to propose startup you do that and much more you have to understand the market need and everything so it's much more uh, essential for a startup thank you so much for your insights sir thank you